How are we all doing after that? <laughs> God. I can't even get into my intro. Uh, this is episode 53, uh, rapid reaction to the Transylvania Senate debate. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to briefly just talk and set up. I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, you have to remember, uh, this is obviously live reaction to the shotgun Frankenstein, uh, Mr. Oz debate, which was interesting to hear all throughout that entire debate. I, that's a little thing, but it's interesting. We must refer to Jill Biden as doctor at every turn. And yet the debate moderators could not refer to him as Dr. Oz. Um, a couple observations. Uh, if you didn't watch it, uh, you, you missed a show. You have to recall that about a month or two ago, we were told that this man was fine. And I'm, of course, referring to John Fetterman. We were told he was fine. He was fit to serve. He had a doctor's note. Everything was great. Despite the fact he was missing from the campaign trail for four months, we were told at the outset, remember, that his stroke was just a, a little thing. And if you can help me out here, I need to pull up Jim Garrity's thread on this because it is, and I've read this before. Um, you have to remember how Fetterman's stroke was portrayed at the outset. And I'm going to kind of scroll and find it. Or if someone else wants to do it while I'm talking, you can do that as well. And uh, I can link to it. But, um, we were told at the outset that it was just uh, he had a minor stroke and that he had a surgery and he had a hiccup and and that was it and then he's going to recover soon and he can't get he can't wait to get back out there. That's how we were. That's how it was portrayed and how it was told. And now we know after what we just witnessed that we have been lied to, and voters of Pennsylvania are being lied to. Fetterman had no choice but to do this tonight or he was going to lose. Uh, he, he was maybe going to lose anyway, but uh, what you saw tonight was I, I've never seen this like in American politics. The fact that there is a party or a group of people willing to put this man up there. Uh, it's nothing on Fetterman. Of course, this is, you know, the, the man had a stroke. He neglected his health. Uh, if I was an ad maker, I wouldn't be, you know, against totally doing an ad that says John Fetterman can't even take care of himself. How do you think he's going to take care of you? Um, give me one moment. I need to find this thread from Jim Garrity. So just give me a second. So if you recall, as I said, that that's that's how it started. And then, of course when he got out on the campaign trail and he uh, started speaking, all of us were kind of like, what's going on here? This, you know, when we saw him speaking without assistance or what have you, all of us were kind of noticing that something was going on. Of course, we were only given one or two, three, 15 second clips of him. We've never seen him speak at events. His team always cuts off. Reporters don't record, as I've noted in the past to some reporters. I would say, you know, why aren't you recording video? We just saw him this past week with uh, Amy Klobuchar, and we saw him sitting with two monitors similar to what we saw tonight. Um, we were told that he needed closed captioning, and that's all he needed. And it's just like a wheelchair, and it's just like a pair of glasses. 
And again, what we saw tonight was not someone who just simply needs a pair of glasses or a hearing aid. Um, I want to read a thread. Fetterman's campaign put out a, a notice prior to the debate, basically attempting to lower expectations. And <laughs> they should have lowered them a lot deeper than this. They should have dropped expectations to the bottom of the fucking Mariana Trench. Charlotte Alter, who's a writer for Time, senior correspondent, wrote a Twitter thread basically doing exactly what they were trying to do tonight. Ahead of Fetterman-Oz debate, it's worth remembering a couple of things. One, Fetterman has never been a good debater. Even before the stroke, he's always been a somewhat wooden debater. Well, we didn't see wood tonight. She said he's not Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> That's a different issue. Fetterman's vibe is talk like a normal person. And normal people don't usually speak in fluent paragraphs memorized ahead of time and crafted for maximum political impact. So debates have never been his strong suit. I expect Oz to do very, very well tonight. TV has been his medium for years. He's a natural. Fetterman thrives on social media and in person. Oz thrives on TV. A televised debate is playing on Oz turfs. Everyone will be watching for Fetterman's stroke symptoms. I can tell you already what they are. He sometimes says the slightly wrong word or, or conjugates something the wrong way. Uh, an understanding instead of understood. For Dems, there will be some relief that he's not brain damaged. <laughs> For ours, his flubs will create fodder. They can spin into ads suggesting that he is worse, worse off than he is. I don't know, Charlotte. Probably shouldn't have taken that one back. Take one of the least natural debaters in the Democratic Party, give him an auditory, auditory processing issue and a tendency to flub words. And that's what Fetterman is going into tonight up against a TV slick doc who spent his decade in front of the camera. It's going to be an interesting night. This was spinning. This was prior to the debate. So now you have to go back and remember what Kara Swisher said, that she spoke to Fetterman without any kind of uh, auditory aids, and he was fine. You've seen him on uh, Chris Hayes reading off monitors and always, I guess he's okay. So I guess I, I, my only reaction is, is what you saw tonight, what you've been told by both the Fetterman campaign and the bride of Fetterman and our media who all collectively seem to owe Dasha Burns an apology for what she said about Fetterman not being able to understand what she was saying. And that was without monitors tonight was with monitors and this guy could not string together, I don't think, one or two coherent sentences. He was clearly practiced on the on the abortion answer. And even then, he just kept screaming, Roe v. Wade! Roe v. Wade! And that was it. He could not actually articulate positions. And this is the whole issue. Is the entire United States Congress supposed to adapt and, I don't know, retrofit to accommodate this one senator tonight, he he did a thing where he talked about fracking and he said, I do and I don't. And to me, the fracking could be the end of his campaign. That answer was it's not even that he denied what he previously said. It's almost like he could not process the question to the point of either remembering what he had said or he is so locked in on what he studied that he cannot think spontaneously. And I think that that's what it is. Um, the problem, as I said, he has to vote. He has to go and make floor votes with, with his voice. 
What, hap- what happens if he mistakenly votes the wrong way? Let's say he's voting for a gun control bill and he votes against it on accident with the Republicans and they record the vote and then it, the motion passes and they gavel it. And what happens when his handlers come running down the aisle and say, oh, no, 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 that's not how he meant to vote. That's a legitimate concern now. This is one that I jokingly floated a few weeks ago. And now I'm looking at it going, man, this I, – I don't believe they're putting this guy through this. That's where I'm at. Um, I'm, I know that there's a letters. I got 15 of you callers. We'll try to get through. We're going to just go an hour. We're going to go as long as Fetterman did. The other thing is how this is going to be spun tomorrow. You're already seeing quotes of his being cleaned up. Uh, and this is going to be an issue because people who watch tonight in Pennsylvania are going to read Twitter tomorrow. They're going to read newspapers and they're going to say, that's not what he sounded like. And this was their first opportunity, maybe in this entire cycle to, to see that and go, holy crap. This isn't just a, a hiccup. This is, this is cognitive auditory process. And this is cognitive brain damage. He refused to, re- uh, once again, releases medical records. I think he's going to have to do that now. I think that that, if you're looking at how do you save this, and I still, politics is funny. There's still a chance this guy wins, but I think he has to release his medical records. I don't see, I don't see a way out of this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just jump in. Uh, we'll go probably 50 minutes here. I will get as many of you guys in as possible. Uh, as always, uh, make sure you please mute your microphone if you're not speaking, just so it makes it easier to listen to in the published recording, et cetera, et cetera. And also, uh, so it doesn't distract me and I need to use giant closed captioning uh, monitors. Uh, while you guys are talking, I want to find this thread from Jim Garrity because it is important. And I'll either tweet it or I'll just uh, send it out here, uh, and I'll read it once again. So just jump in again. Uh, we got, I knew we would have a lot of you and obviously yeah, we have a lot of listeners. Welcome to call in everyone. Um, Joe, who I believe is in Pennsylvania. I think he's in Pennsylvania. If I remember correctly, uh, give me your thoughts. On- Good night, everybody. If you start your debate <laughs> off that way, <laughs> if he would have just done that and walked, he would have won. Like if he just got came out and went, Good night, everybody, and then just walked off. It would have been funny. But yeah. I am indeed in Pennsylvania, and I do have to say, I bet that he was wishing that Fetterman was wishing that the Phillies Padres went to game seven. Because it would have been tonight. And it would have been at about seven thirty. So nobody would have, I don't even know if like 10,000 people tuned into this in Pennsylvania, but I know for a fact that if it was game seven of the NLCS tonight, nobody would be watching it. So I think that he's just it, like, he, his campaign has to be absolutely kicking themselves over that. I think I'm a glutton for punishment, Stephen, but that was something else. That was, I, I have never seen anything like that, and I don't think I ever will see anything like that again. For the record, Aaron um, Rupar on Twitter is uh, even acknowledging how bad that went. So is Joe Scarborough. I don't know if you saw his tweet, um, but he, the only he's thing already. You, yeah, um, I mean, I saw it, and the only thing you can remind these people of, and I think that if you are a tweeter or if you're on Twitter, you have to remind these guys we were told for months, he's fine. He doesn't have any issues. He's he just had a stroke and whatever. And they need to be reminded that this this man is clearly not fine. And that's yeah. and again, it's not on him. He suffered a, a 
a devastating health issue you don't wish upon anyone. And I think that this is what this has been about, that he should be at home getting better. And the forces that be, whether it be his wife or politics groups or whatever, are pushing him out there for one reason or another. And this is insane. Sorry, I keep interrupting, but I'm just, it's crazy. Oh, no, no, not at all. I, I, I'm just going to say, like, I've, um, I've appeared on, on several call-ins regarding Fetterman. So my opinions, I think, are, are pretty well established at this point. So I'm just going to leave, leave it with this, and then I'll uh, hand it off to Samuel and the rest of the gang. Um, the Pennsylvania Democratic Party should be ashamed of itself because they had a period following the primary where they could have swapped him out, swapped him out and replaced him with Connor Lamb. Um, and I have to imagine that they are just absolutely just kicking themselves for it because, because this was just a, just straight up abuse. And if I'm Connor Lamb right now, I am probably drinking myself to death over what just happened tonight. And, so real, um, real, yeah, real I'm, fast, in fairness to Charlotte Alter from Time, she just tweeted 11 minutes ago, I spoke to Fetterman recently and I expected him to be very bad tonight, but he was much, much worse than I had expected and much worse than in our one-on-one -on -one conversation. The other part of this, he, he had to stand there for, what, 50 minutes? And... That's the, if you watched him, it was sort of like watching Biden, where it's like it's just like a battery draining, right? Where it's like he, he comes out, he's got some pep, and I, I was sitting there, right? I was like, you, I'm just watching this, and he comes up and he says, "Good night, everybody." <laughs> you just go, oh, this is going to go exactly how I think it's going to go, and it it I think this went about as bad as I thought it would. If I'm being honest, I don't think I don't think he did any worse or any better than how I thought this was going to go. This is not an injury you can just fucking hide behind tweets and journalists. And he was well versed on the abortion answer because he clearly had rehearsed and practiced it. Um, and that was about it. And that maybe that's enough. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see, but um, yeah, I'm I'm still feeling pretty good about my past prediction of Oz eking out a victory by about a point. And uh, if after election day it turns out to be not the fact, you can all pile on me here. But uh, thanks, Steve. I'll uh, turn it over to Samuel now. Uh, Liz Plank of MSNBC is so bad that you have to rely on ableism to win. Amazing stuff. And this, this is what they're going to do. Any attacks, any pointing out point. This isn't like the Dasha Burns interview. This is going to be journalists who now see their job as saving the Senate for democracy or whatever that is now have to literally tell you what you saw for an hour tonight with your eyes and ears. Pointing that out is ableism. That's what you're going to hear. It's going to be the new racism or whatever. Uh, Samuel, fire away. A member of the Dr. Oz Guarantee Club, um, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. Um, I feel like I should just laugh hysterically this entire time. I don't really want to laugh at a stroke victim. It's um, not It's but, not laughing at him. It's, it's laughing at you can't believe that they're actually doing this. Like, I, I, was a, I almost would have guaranteed that he wasn't going to show up tonight. I thought that was a lock. I thought there's no way he shows up tonight. So then I kind of this is just kind of how I am just generally with many things. I was like, maybe he'll do better than we think because maybe they've been prepping him for a month. 
and maybe he's that was off. That was one of the worst things. Like we all remember the first Trump Biden debate and just how brutal that was. And granted, um, you know, one of them wasn't a stroke victim, though we could say maybe. Um, but that was I had no idea what the hell he was saying half the time. And I thought Oz did a really good job, not even necessarily answering questions, just not calling attention to it and kind of, for lack of better terms, letting Fetterman hang in, let Fetterman hang himself. I thought and, I thought Oz did good. Yeah. Like he was debating a normal candidate. He exactly. would he would answer Oz and Oz would give a story. I mean, Oz did kind of the Biden trick of saying, hey, I talked to a woman in in Pittsburgh who couldn't pay her rent or something. And Oz and Fetterman doesn't have the cognitive ability to even say a story like that. Plus, he hasn't been on the campaign trail. And I thought what Oz did well, uh, I thought Oz came off a little stiff and rigid and he was speaking really fast. But I also think that maybe he did that on purpose. Um, But what Oz did well to me is he, he went after Fetterman like he was just going after a normal candidate. So he would give his answer, he'd give a, he'd give a yarn, and then he would say, and you, John Fetterman, blah, 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 blah. And he would attack him, but that's normal debate tactics. Oz, to me, didn't really do anything to me like he was going after his condition. He just treated him like a normal person, which is what the Fetterman campaign has been demanding we do, and that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. So I think he did a good job in that regard. And he really doesn't need to come up with any new campaign ads for the rest until election. He can just play clips of the debate on TV and see how that goes. Make sure everybody sees that. Um, There's a lot of people. So the last thing I'll just say is I think the best part about tonight was that it wasn't even Dr. Oz who beat Fetterman. It was the moderator question on fracking when he his AI completely broke down had no idea what the hell to say. He tweeted in 2016 that he believes there should be a moratorium on fracking. And if he stumbled and said, I've never supported and I don't support it. Like he, he can't, this is not mushing words together. This is not being able to cognitively answer a question based on your own political record or where you were prior to a stroke. And again, this is not an attack on him. It's a, it's an attack on the fact that he has no business being up there and that's it. And the fracking thing is going to, that fracking thing to me is, like I said, I think it's the end of his campaign. As I always talk about where you hear about turnip moments where it's things that end campaign. It's a, it's an instance that ends a campaign. Howard Dean's Wah! and Rick Perry's, Oh, oops, you know, things like that where people just go, yeah, we're done. I think that fracking answer revealed a lot. It revealed the moderate, the, I was actually shocked because I think the moderators helped him out a lot tonight. They, they, they spelled the questions out to him. They, they readdressed them. They stopped Oz from interrupting him. So causing some auditory confusion. I think that's just because they didn't want Fetterman to get, break loose and kill everyone in the building. <laughs> but um, the, the thing that he did that, that that revealed was the fact that one, he would not admit that he changed his position when you know, it was a CNN story. It was a K-file story. So it's not like something people haven't seen, okay? And two, it showed his inability to process a clean denial. He couldn't even pro- he couldn't even process the lie, is what I'm saying. And people saw that, and I think that I think that this is where people just got off the boat and said, "We this I don't like Oz, but we can't. This is abuse to send this guy to the Senate." Maybe not. Maybe he still pulls it out. But I think that that fracking answer was the moment that this campaign ended.
Yeah, so I'll get off, but I'll just say I'm a I'm a member of the Doctor Oz Guarantee Club. So if do he you loses, do you think do you think because uh, Joe just said he still thinks he ekes a win? Do you think that this is going to turn into more than an eek? No, based on it'll, this, it'll it'll definitely be close. Now it might be less close than it was. Like, could you tell me he's going to win by two or three, maybe even four? Sure. But I still think it's going to be close. And the worst thing is we're not going to know on election night. Because and, as you, and as you guys already know, Pennsylvania's had early voting now for weeks, as was the plan. Yeah. So and that's, I, that's that's a fucking crime. Like, it absolutely is. That, I mean, Fetterman's people knew what they were doing, you know, put up a debate as soon as as close to the election as possible, but not too close to where we can't recover from anything that happens. And here you go. Uh, I mean, that that to me, if that if that actually happens, if he gets in based on early voting that, oh, man, the villagers are going to grab their torches. Let me say it that. But, yeah, I'm part of the Dr. Oz Guarantee Club and I'm sticking strong. I think that that went about as well as could be expected for Oz. So uh, we'll see. I'll let everybody else start talking. So good night. Hey, Steven. Uh, gee, guess I should start with a good night, everybody, too. Just seems to be the thing to do tonight. Um, I will say the one thing I did notice, I think the one dig that he did take, which I just uh, thought about late in the debate, he did one thing where he just said, I don't think John Fetterman heard me and pointed at his ear. I do think that was a little bit of a subtle dig and just enough to kind of point out like, yeah, not only did he not hear me, he can't. Like, he, he's got to stare at this monitor um, to, to pull out anything. Um, and I think, you know, again, it was it was subtle enough that it wasn't um, – couldn't kind of be spun into an attack, but at the same time, I think tips people off like, yeah, how is he going to do – how is he going to debate? Um, are we going to – is he going to drag monitors everywhere? Um, they even said that they had the you know, special – expert whatever for uh the the specific monitors that he was going to read off of and i noticed if you looked at it um at times between the two monitors there would be spelling mistakes in one uh, versus the other so the real-time handling oz's answers wasn't always as successful as the one handling their questions which were all pre-prepared which you're not going to have that option in the senate yeah think about think about what you have to do as a senator um you have to you have to do right uh so every time he let's say he's he's a, he's put on a committee okay like let's say I, I would argue that if you know let's say he's put on a committee does every time a witness comes up or do they have to wheel out monitors do we i mean this is what i'm talking about it's so I talk about retrofitting the Senate do you, for for this guy. As he said, he's not going to answer questions when Manu Raju's running down the hall. Hey, Mr. Fetterman, what you think about the Roe v. Wade? Whatever. They're not. He's not going to be able to answer a question. And this this to me is about voters. Voters are not being served by this. And do they just think that his job is he's just going to go there and vote and not show up? I guess that's what he's done his whole career. But again, these are real concerns, and the idea that our media is not going to is just trying to, to tell you it's a it's a hearing problem. That wasn't a hearing problem that we saw tonight. 
I'll, I, I'll also uh, hop off here quick, but the real reason I hopped in line was just to say, um, uh, know you're a film guy, uh, thinking you'll probably get this reference, but um, my, my big takeaway was I have finally found something uh, that was more uncomfortable to watch than the film Happiness. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, this, this, I don't know. I was uncomfortable watching this like I'm uncomfortable watching a car accident. Um, that's, I mean, someone who has to do this for a li- like a job, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm speechless, but I'm just, uh, I'm having trouble mushing my words together. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to move. Oop, there's Brad. Go ahead, Brad. Hey, um, I'm I'm going super fast here because I'm going to try to get as many people in as possible. I'm going to try to go pretty fast. You know, my my main sentiment is is just sharing kind of a general what the fuck. But after after moving that past that, it's kind of anger is where where I'm at because. I feel like Federman, the Federman campaign, you know, if they go on to lose by three, which, you know, it's a close state, which I don't know how you look yourself in the mirror if you're a Democrat in Pennsylvania who will vote for literally a vegetable who will, um, you know, toe the party line. But I want to know, like, I, I don't want to, if he loses, I don't want to stop at that. I want to know who knew what and when and have some serious dissecting of this campaign because the, we're going to do that again. If the Democrats get rap, wiped out in the midterms or something medically happens to where the president can't be the president anymore, that we're going to have to do that again as far as members of the media, members of the administration, members of his campaign, his wife, who knew what and when, and how do we hold people accountable for trying to pull this farce on us and I'll drop off so that you can speak and other people can speak. What I can tell you that will happen uh, with almost is that if he loses, he will become a media star and she, and so will his wife. They will, she will make appearances on CNN, MSNBC, Joy Reid show almost constantly as will he. Um, People, I mean, fucking Stacey Abrams doesn't go away. They're not going to just, you know, wheel the, you know, wheel Fetterman out into the woods and, you know, plug him like Lenny from Mice and Men, although they might if he wins, so she can serve. But people like this don't go away. The media is going to make stars of them to show you how bad we are as voters that we didn't vote for the crippled stroke victim. And that's all it is. That's 100% what's going to happen. Julia, good to see you. Hey, Stephen. Um, I don't have anything very deep to say, but I just want to say, like, I knew there was some sort of lump on his neck, but like, I was so distracted by it and just wondering, like, what it is. And I, I guess that explains all the hoodies he wears. Um, but I also, and I'd heard he was like, you know, a huge guy, but he like literally looked like twice the size of, of Dr. Oz. And I was just like, 
I don't know, actually seeing this guy, you know, for a long while and getting to watch him talk after like hearing it described for months, it was just like, I don't know. I just think it's so funny. Like, how are they running that? Like, they could pick anybody and they nominated this guy. Um, yeah, it was just really shocking and very entertaining. I don't think I've ever looked forward to you know, a Senate debate as much as I did tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, there's obviously we've talked about it and we, I've, I've mainly talked about the media reaction to him and what they're trying to do. Um, and, and like I said, I mean, his appearances don't do him any favors. Let's just put it there. But I don't think that that has, a you know, I don't think that that should be a measuring stick on this uh, as far as his mental health. Um, but yeah, I, I, there was a lot of anticipation, and like I said, for me at least, this went about as well as I think it. This went this went about exactly the way I thought it was. I'm just like, when you when you go out of your way, when his own campaign goes out of its way to hide him as much as they have, more more so than even hiding Biden, okay? Because Biden had the excuse of COVID, whatever. But you have to recall, I mean, Fetterman wasn't on the campaign trail for for three and a half, four months. Then when he shows up, and then we saw the two clips of him speaking. They got rid of those clips real fast. No more video at his events. They're, they're literally just running a meme account and photographs. And in this day and age where anyone has a cell phone or anyone has recording ability, how is it that there's like not a single recording from his campaign events like with Amy Klobuchar? There's not one. There's one of her talking. And is it because the campaign isn't allowing video? Wow, that seems newsy. That seems like something reporters should probably tell us. Uh, there was an NBC reporter who just said, oh, and Fetterman just wrapped up his thing with Klobuchar, doesn't tell us anything about his condition, just says, oh, here he is. And again, tonight you got to see for yourself and already the political left and the people doing damage control are out here saying that even noticing noticing his condition is ableism. And you're going to hear that and it's, you're going to hear it a lot. And it's going to be, you're not even allowed to comment on what you saw with your eyes and ears tonight. And they're going to attempt to shame anyone who points this out. Uh, I think it's just because that's all they pretty much have left. We were lied to. Okay. We were lied to by people like Kara Swisher. We were lied to by uh, the NBC hit squad. We were lied to by disinformation reporters. Uh, and they're basically just trying to gaslight you now into saying, no, you, what you what you saw wasn't that bad. And by the way, if you, if you also think it's that bad, it's ableism. And again, we were told not even two months ago that this guy was fine. He was fit to serve. He has a letter from his doctors. And after tonight, there's not a single journalist going, we really need to see his fucking medical records. Like really tomorrow. I think the Washington Post is the only outlet to their credit that put out a, an editorial that said he needs to release those. A doctor's letter that says he is fit to serve without restrictions. They actually want you to believe this after this guy could not read off of a closed captioning board tonight. That's a restriction, by the way. If he needs to walk around the Senate building with Oompa Loompas holding giant televisions so he can just process things in real time, that's kind of a restriction. And so this is a travesty. I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's it, There's parts of it that it's, it's funny, not funny, ha-ha, funny, queer. <clears throat> That's a good <laughs> reference. Um, but it's just, it's it's absurd. It's absurd that, one, they're, they're doing this, and two, it's absurd that they think that they're going to get away with it, and they might. And it's absurd that they don't, they think that they don't owe voters this information. I'm talking about journalists not pressing for this guy's medical records. 
Um, like I said, I, I think he has to release them. I don't think he has a choice. And basically, because he, he flopped on two big answers, the medical records and the fracking. And he, he can he can correct on the fracking. He can create a cool slick ad where he's reading off a monitor and it wasn't what you saw tonight. Uh, but you're not going to be able to correct the condition. Yeah. And one more thing I just wanted to say, um, I thought the moderators actually did a really good job and um, the questions were well written and I thought they were really fair. And I wish like, you know, the bigger presidential debates could have, you know, that that same kind of um, moderators who aren't that famous, you know, but they just are straight to the point. Yeah, I don't understand why they kept calling him Mr. Oz, not Dr. Oz. That's a minor quibble. Um, just because we're told you have to go through these titles, you, you have to. Like um, Dr. Biden, yes. Right. So <laughs> um, we're told that we have to reflect, and then it's Mr. Oz the whole thing. I thought that they were a, a little bit more heavily sympathetic to Fetterman's condition. Uh, they had to spell out questions for him as opposed to just asking, okay, you just need the captioning system, so that's what we'll use. Um, I, I was surprised at how many questions they got in. I thought that this debate was going to go three or four questions because of the amount of time it was going to require for Fetterman to read off of a monitor and then give a coherent answer. And it turns out he didn't do either of that very well. Um, Real fast, here's I said here's Jim Garrity's Twitter thread. And I just I want to just jump in here real fast and then I'll let Julia comment on it or whatever. But it says this from October 14th. John Fetterman's stroke occurred on May 13th, the Friday before the Tuesday primary in Pennsylvania. His first brief statement about the stroke came on Sunday, May 15th. Fetterman declared that, quote, the good news is, is I'm feeling much better and the doctors tell me I didn't suffer any cognitive damage. I'm well on my way to a full recovery. Five hours before the polls closed, Fetterman's campaign issued a statement that he was undergoing surgery. Quote, it should be a short procedure that will help protect his heart and address the underlying cause of his stroke, which is AFib, by regulating his heart rate. On primary night, his wife Giselle characterized her husband's health problem as, quote, a little hiccup. The initial explanation of his ailment drastically understated the severity of the stroke, which Fetterman later characterized as life-threatening. So they lied, they lied about his condition off the bat. In June, a letter from Fetterman's doctor revealed that Fetterman was diagnosed with AFib, an irregular heart rhythm, and a decreased heart pump in 2017, but had stopped taking his medication and didn't see any doctor for five years before he suffered a stroke. The Democrats are in this mess in large part because Fetterman and his team were not honest about his condition when it mattered most, and when Democrats could have considered another option to run for Senate. The reason Pennsylvania Democrats are nervous when Fetterman, his wife, and his campaign say his recovery is fine is because they don't trust him because they've already lied about this. Uh, Julie, I'll give you a last word, and then uh, we're going to move on here. I'm going to I'm going to seriously try to get through everyone, uh, but we may not. But go ahead, Julia. My last word is I was also really happy and proud of Dr. Oz for bringing up the shotgun Frankenstein incident when I wasn't sure if he was going to do it. Um, I thought that was a good, I think that that was something he planned to get in and it was just, I have to get this in somehow and on crime. And again, he, Fetterman has answered this question before pre-stroke when uh, I think Malcolm, I think his name is Malcolm Kenyatta in the primary got him on it, but he doesn't apologize for it. And that's the interesting thing to me. He doesn't say, you know what, I'm sorry, it was a mistake. I've learned since then, I've learned Black Lives Matter or what have you. Um, 
he, there's ways of saying not that he could even say that much is the point. But Oz is right. He has to this day uh, not apologized for it. He's justified it. And this is this one is beyond me that the Democrats nominated a guy in the in the platform of equity and in, in, in the wake of George Floyd who chased down a black jogger who with a shotgun and like held him a shotgun point. Like, actual hands up, don't shoot. Like, we actually saw that guy with his hands up and not shooting. And he talks about how he had the entire police department. And Fetterman says in that clip at the time that he, we're just going to stand here until this is all cleared up. And if I'm the jogger, I'm like, fuck you. I didn't do anything wrong. He said that he was the chief law enforcement officer. And I'm like, I don't, I've never been to Braddock. Is that true? Is the mayor also the police chief? Like, what the fuck is that? And, uh, like, if I'm, if a guy jumps out and holds me a shotgun and says, we're going to stay here until this gets cleared up, I'm like, no, we're not. Shoot me. You know, I'm leaving. You have no right to detain me. You're not a police officer. And then it turns out to be fireworks. And Fetterman doesn't even acknowledge that. And he even says in that video clip, I might have broken the law. <laughs> I don't know. But the fact that the Democrats are running this guy with that incident in this year and on their platform tells you that they don't actually believe any of the bullshit that they're saying about that kind of stuff and with Black Lives Matter. They just don't. It's a it's a political curmudgeon and it's a way to fundraise money and align their own pockets. And that's about it. So, Juliet, thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Jacqueline, fire away. You're up. Yeah, I was just... um going to just piggyback on what uh, a lot of people have said when I one thing I was going to add that yesterday when the uh, DeSantis Chris debate was on in Florida here that wasn't I couldn't find it anywhere in the Tampa area on any of the news stations but I was able to easily find the Pennsylvania debate that I couldn't actually vote in so I was like, that's weird that I can't watch my actual debate here, but I can watch the one in Pennsylvania. But um, I think the, the health stuff, like, he can kind of get away with that, because if people really want to, they can just go based on, oh, I've been transparent, I've talked to these people, blah, blah, blah. I think he can kind of slide with that. But the fracking, like everyone else has said, that fracking answer was just so destructive. Anyone that actually watched it and saw what he was saying or not really saying, he can't get past that if someone wants to be honest with themselves. It's not that he's not honest. Ability to be honest with himself or dishonest. Uh, the RNC research account in 2016, John Fetterman signed a pledge to ban fracking. Um, and that's the thing. If they would have even said that, Adam, how would you have responded? Like, sir, you signed a pledge. The fact that the debate moderators didn't really have that one. They got him on, you know, you said that you would. And he can't, it's, he can't even process. That's the, that's the point. He's not even lying like a normal politician would lie. He's not even kind of worming his way out of it, kind of like how Oz wormed his way out of a couple flip-flops as well. He can't even process it. That's the whole point. It's, it really is that simple to point that out. And, and I get that. Like, he can't process it, but that was really the question that I felt like you could tell 
that he actually could not process what was being yeah, asked. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, like I would said, agree the, with that. The, the health, the health, the health issue. He can, like I said, he can skate by that, but the the fracking issue and his answer on that was the one like like you said he can't process it, and that was very visible to anyone that watched. And tomorrow you're not going to be allowed to talk about it is going to be the response to that. So I don't know. The the fracking incident. Um, I, like I said, I think it probably ended his campaign. I think it's, I think it's pretty much as simple as that. And, but on the other hand, voters are, voters are weird. They could, they could end up sympathizing with this and going, Oh, you know, we saw the political story where they said this matters tonight for, you know, disabilities and political representation. And I just simply tweeted, so we need more people with cognitive brain damage in Congress. Like, as I said, this is a United States Senator. This is not running for, you know, president of Make-A-Wish Foundation here. This is like serious shit. This is a guy who decides on things, the, the direction of our country, on laws. He reads intelligence. He reads military intelligence. So again, what is, what, what is, if he wins, I guess my question now is, then what? Okay, then what, again, do you retrofit the entire Senate? Because this is not someone who's in a wheelchair, as we've been told. This is not someone who just needs glasses, okay? All of that was on not going to work anymore. That's the thing. And I think that that's why you're going to see a nuclear level of pushback over anyone pointing out how that debate actually went. Yeah. And and last thing is like, I I know um, you had mentioned and I saw, I think Eric Erickson mentioned it too, about how they kept calling him Mr. Oz versus Dr. Oz. Even though they scold us we don't call joe biden dr biden um but and i think oz had a really good debate and and to piggyback on what people said i think that the moderators were very fair the only thing about the moderators i would say is that i felt like they kept ringing the bell every sign because like i like Every time he would answer a question, like, you have one minute to respond, you have 30 seconds to respond. After a while, I started timing it on my phone to see, I put my time stopwatch on on my phone to see, all right, is he going, like, 30 seconds over, 15 seconds over? He'd go a second and a half over, and they'd start ringing the bell. But when Fetterman, you know, who can't process anything would go 30 seconds over if they weren't ringing the bell on him. They started to at the end, but the f- first part of it, like the first half hour, they didn't ring the bell on Fetterman at all. Remember, Fetterman has a hearing impairment. Why did they use a bell? <laughs> yeah, I'm so serious. Like, people, thing, think that, so. I mean, people think I'm being facetious, and I kind of am, and I'm, that's not on Fetterman. Remember, we were told when that Dasha Burns interview happened that he just can't hear things well. Okay, he responded to a bell pretty well. He doesn't wear hearing aids. So it's not an issue with his fucking ears. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, you're right. They, yeah. I, I, do, I do think that they let, they did let, you know, they, I think you're right, where they did cut him off and they're like, nope, you, you don't have to answer anymore or whatever. And then that end thing where he just blurted out, like, 
I make the joke about Shotgun Frankenstein, but at the end when Oz is giving his statement, he goes, "You're a kiss, yeah. Like, how do you just you just go whoa? And the and the debate moderators had to go. This is a closing statement, Mister Federman, <laughs> and you just go, "My God!" Like, thankfully that thankfully for him, it's over. Like, we might never see him again. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna see him on video. Best, like, it was one of the best debates, like moderated debates, I've ever actually watched, and so I was impressed about that. But at the same time. I was super not impressed about Fetterman, so the people of Pennsylvania have their choices to make coming up, and yep. uh, I'll send you off to the the next caller. Thanks, Jacqueline. Yeah, I'm just going to echo uh, basically what a lot of other people have said, that, I mean, that, that debate was utterly atrocious and i don't know how anyone in fetterman's campaign agreed to him being allowed on that debate stage tonight in the condition he's in even with the closed captioning and all the help that was provided for him i mean he was stuttering bumbling most of his answers were pre-packaged and even that he couldn't get through i i mean i i really don't i think this might sink him because I, I, I really don't see how any Democrat who watched that, who still hasn't voted yet, can still cast a vote for him outside of hyper-partisan liberals. I think most independents have are, who watched that debate are either going to sit out or vote for Oz, because Oz did very well, in my opinion. But, I mean, I don't know how Fetterman's campaign even agreed to do a debate, because I would have just refused, like Katie Hobbs is doing out in... Um, Arizona or oh, whatever. Katie, I, Katie, Katie I, Hobbs looks like she's going to lose her race because of stage. that. I mean, Katie Hobbs looks like she's going to lose her race. And given Fetterman's condition, I don't see how he couldn't debate because I think people will look at it and say, if he can't debate, it's not even it's not even the the stroke. It's if he can't stand up, if he can't stand there for an hour, and if he can't take questions about his health, about our issues, about all of those things then I think he loses by even more. Uh, I mean, they're just, he should not have been in the race. That's where the, that's where this is. If on primary night he wins, uh, he should have withdrawn uh, after the stroke and he should be in recovery mode at home with his family. That's where he should be right now. And that's, again, what I think everyone is kind of just reacting to. It's like they, they cannot believe that this person is either being pushed to run or thinks that he's running. Um and I see a lot of the word shame tonight, and that's shame on, again, the Democratic Party. It's a shame on media um, that he just should not be running. That's that's pretty much the most basic way you can. No, yeah, I mean, I, I fully agree with that. He, As soon as the stroke happened, he should have dropped out because, I mean, even watching it, and this is another thing I wanted to say, even watching this debate, at, at certain points, I honestly thought it was a little sad and a little – just you know, I felt bad for the guy. Yeah, I'm being one hundred percent honest. I felt bad for him and his family. I'm like, why is he? He should not. That's why I say he should. He should not have been out there. It was. It was. It was very bad. It was hard to watch at times. Him trying to answer stuff. I'm like, he should. He should be at home with his family, trying to take care of himself. You know, the Democrats really did a disservice to the people and to him and to his family personally. You know, it, it was. It was terrible. Yeah, I mean, I agree. There's no, uh, you had kind of all of those emotions. I mean, it was, 
not funny though to see this happening, but it's like you just can't believe what you're watching. Uh, you were again. This this is where honesty hurts the political left with media. This is why having an agenda driven biased media hurts them, is because if the media was honest about this, it would have never gotten to this point. Is the whole point? He would have he would have probably been forced to drop out. Uh, but the fact that he him and his campaign have obfuscated voters by not releasing his medical records. And granted, I guess the, the Washington Post is the only one to come out and say, you have to do this. If the New York Times comes out tomorrow, editorial board, whatever, and God knows what those fucking people are going to say. Um, we're going to get everything from its ableist. We're already seeing this one. Where was it? Um, on Alex Wagner's MSNBC show, one of these guests, I don't know who this person is. This is via the Free Beacon MSNBC guest on Pennsylvania debate, quote, it was certainly an example of such a remarkable transparency. This is a candidate who is feeling stress, and there's such intense, often ableist scrutiny on how he was going to communicate, and he just did a debate in front of the nation. They're talking about him like he's a fucking third grader. Like, it's her, it's Rebecca Traster, so I, I know who this is. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean, they talk about him like he's a child. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's and this is all going to start. You're going to hear this. It's ableist to even say how he did, and they're going to do this to try and get you around what you saw and what. Yeah, I think that's going to be the tact from a lot of the the hardcore, you know, left media. But I don't know how you know even even some 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 of the more honest you know if you can say honest people can can spin what happened tonight i know we saw some a little bit of dishonest quotes and framing but i don't know how you can spin what what happened tonight it, it, the tinfoil hat in me makes me think that the conspiracy theory is a little bit more true because this was agreed to after early voting and now early voting's already started and you can't take back your vote once you've already started so I think a lot of people are scratching their heads or wondering like, wow, I can't believe I voted for that, but I don't know, but I'll just end it tonight. Uh, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us on and uh, let's go Phil's and let's go Eagles. Let's go. That was unnecessary. Thanks chat. <laughs> Greg, go ahead. Yeah. Um, first I want to say Fetterman has one thing going for him. Uh, bread good and fire bad are still popular positions. I thought I thought it was um, funny when they said China not friend tonight or China's not a friend, and I just started cracking up. I just couldn't help like China not friend. Um, yeah, I I have I have been to far too many of these debates for work. Um, I I normally I just hate them. It's two people talking past each other, um, the media acting like twits, but this was entertaining in the very worst way possible. I don't see how his campaign survives. His campaign, so, his, thank, his, thanks for having this call in. Thanks, Greg. Uh, his campaign, I mean, that's a good question, but if I'm looking, if I look at things like I try to, if I just look at strategically, uh, his campaign survives because the media puts a spin on this. It survives because Pennsylvania is already a bluish, moderate state. Um, yep. It survives because of early voting, because so much early voting has been cast already. 
it survives yep. because it survives because I liked I liked what Joe said at the outset, which is they wish there would have been a game seven tonight with the Phillies and the whoever they played. Um it survives because people didn't watch the debate. Yeah, uh, it's uh, but in the day of social media, I don't know how if you were somebody who's in Pennsylvania and you have family in Pennsylvania and uh, you tweet about stuff or you have a Facebook. I don't know how you don't see video clips of a debate. Uh, right. it, survi- it survives because I, me- media puts out only favorable clips of him. Um, yeah. So the, it, it's not like it's I, I look I look at this and I look at this. I think his campaign's over, it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not a predictor, okay? I've been wrong on several things. Um, I, I look at it, and I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't know in, in, a, in a non-cynical world how, this, how we send this guy to the greatest delivered body in the history of the world and say, and say with a straight face that this is on the straight and narrow, and he can do everything that he says he can, and he can do everything everyone else can do when we've been told by the same media that Mark Kirk should, he can't serve because of a stroke and the same people. And again, this comes down to just the very basic rule, which was uh, we can get away with this and you can't. And that was the other thing he did tonight. It was, he just kept shouting Oz rule, Oz rule. And Beckett Adams from the examiner pointed out, it, I mean, it makes it sound like he's just screaming Oz rules. <laughs> which makes him sound good. And so that was clearly, that was the thing. He's just speaking in two word, things Oz rule Roe v. Wade and that's and he would raise his voice and that's clearly like them they're trying he's literally like sitting with flashcards and probably working with a therapist who's just saying okay say Roe v. Wade for me so that it's like RoboCop or they're just trying to re they're just trying to reassemble the parts of his brain that are a police officer and that's kind of what yes they're just trying to reassemble the parts of his brain uh, that are like Bernie Sanders, which he kept saying tonight, Bernie Sanders, Roe v. Wade, Oz rule. And you make these fucking Frankenstein jokes and you just go, my God, I wasn't accurate enough with this stuff. When he said Roe, the way he said it, Roe v. Wade. Yeah, he was clearly like looking for it in his brain. He was like Homer Simpson with the monkey shines. And he was clearly <laughs> trying to focus on not fucking Roe v. Wade up. And I thought v that they also, like it's its own word. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so they clearly were looking like, okay, you have a debate coming up here. What do we need to focus on? What, what do we need to focus on for your voters? And you need to drive out women and you need to drive out progressives. So we're going to, we're just going to, we're going to input Roe v. Wade into your head and just dump the whole thing about fracking. Okay. That's because that's, that's as much room as we have to, to get you through this. It's Johnny Mnemonic Fetterman here. Um, and so, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's sad. It, there's parts that are funny about it. Um, mostly it's shameful and two, it's three. It's, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people can, like I said, send this guy to the Senate. Uh, when he's when Klobuchar when Klobuchar spoke, I get they were probably rounding up people's cell phones. They can't so do again, that with again. This. And this is what I'm talking about. If a campaign is doing that, why is it not being reported? And so, again, journalists covering it probably don't want it out there that hey, they just took my cell phone because that people would start going, why did they take your cell phone? But you do not see video from any of his events. So I don't know if it's an agreement that 
journalists are not allowed to shoot video or if it's just journal, maybe you don't even have to say it. Maybe they just go in and go, oh, your Fetterman takes the stage and click off it goes. And I've looked, you, you, I've looked all over. You cannot find video of Klobuchar and Fetterman sitting down and talking where, where he has monitors just off the stage. And I looked, there's photos, but there's nothing in video, not on Twitter, not on YouTube, not on Facebook. And that is something that to me seems coordinated in this day and age. So I don't, I don't know for a fact if that's what they're doing. But again, if journalists are out here and they're not telling you that that's what they're doing, the fix is in and it's corrupt. And you know what, and now you know like what's going on. And again, I wish there was anyone out there in Pennsylvania who would go to a Fetterman event to see if they confiscate cell phones before you go in um, and why. And, and why, if you're a journalist, why would you not? I'll give you. I'll give you one last quick word. Is Greg? Uh, I gotta. I gotta go. I gotta go, Greg. Sorry. Thanks, Greg. Uh, three pack. I think that's the pronounce. Go ahead. I think it's a new caller. I'm gonna try. Where are we at? I'm not gonna get through everyone. Uh, I think I'm gonna probably wrap this up with JD and Vanessa. All right. Good night, Stephen. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> oh God, I don't. Everyone should just. This should I just lost be, my. This I lost my just... goddamn mind right off the bat. <laughs> this should just be the typical podcast sign off from now. Like I come on and say good night, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple because I'm just laughing at this thing. Couple of, of like moments. There's a couple times where he kind of slips into. He's trying to slip into like off the cuff mode, and he almost sounds like a little like Norm Macdonald ish, where he's peppering in the you knows and stuff like that. It's it's like you know, the Doctor Oz. He's got the uh, you know he's got a house in uh, New Jersey. You know. Yeah. Like doing that, he's like he's doing like the the Norm Macdonald SNL parody of himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna have to go back. I'm probably gonna go back and watch this. Hopefully not tonight, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna have to pull clips for this for the podcast tomorrow. And yeah, now that you mentioned, it, now I'm not gonna be able to get Norm Macdonald out of my head. <laughs> the other one, uh, the other one I had was um, I I don't know how many times if I've seen this at all. Uh, a candidate in a in a debate somewhat consistently going under the time available because they'd be like Mr. Fetterman, you have uh, you have sixty seconds, and he'd be like, "Well, I stand for uh, on and believe in standing, and, and I stand, and that's it." Like, <laughs> uh, real fast, Joe Simonson from Free Beacon is noting that right now on the New York Times live chat or whatever, Shell uh, Stroberg, who wrote the the piece about Fetterman, the, the neuroscience piece about Fetterman using the big black and white photo, which I have no clue whose idea was to do that, said, this is clearly a format that favors Oz. The question is whether voters will understand that Fetterman is operating at a disadvantage and make allowances for that. They made allowances for Fetterman. Like they, they gave him everything they wanted. And I said that Oz should basically say, I'm not going to debate you unless it's you and me, because you're going to the fucking Senate. You're not going to be able to haul around TV monitors, okay, to understand what people are saying to you. So I would, I would have been like, you don't get, you don't get closed captioning. Um, and then we, if you have, and if you don't agree to that, I'm going to release a statement saying John Fetterman cannot debate uh, in, in a normal capacity. 
so, and then you have someone named Lisa Lehrer, and she's New York Times, too, I believe. He says, I'm really wondering about that, too, Cheryl. I'm curious to see how voters respond to his performance. Do they make allowances for his halting speech, given his medical history, or do they see him as less fluent than Oz, who has plenty of TV experience? So that narrative is already taking off, that it's the format. Fetterman's fine. It's just that the format uh, was working against him. <laughs> He I'll kind of give him. I'll kind of give him the format. He speak complete sentences, for God's sake. Yeah. Well, I'll kind of give him the format. You know, it's like one's got more TV experience than the other, sure. But the the the, the one one could the, also the fundamental speak thing of this. sentences. That's the difference. Right. Well, and, and 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 the whole format is being asked and answering questions, which is the job. So, if they, if, if the format of simulating the job is uh puts you at a disadvantage it's, it's not very good yeah i mean that's why they call it the fucking senate like <laughs> I, just, I have Debate's no kind idea of thing. what they think the senate is for like they just uh i i don't know i'm at a loss I, i'm at a loss that they actually are going to sit there with a straight face and tell you that this man can can uh compete and complete in the function of the day-to-day functioning of a united states senator um I, well, I, for I, worth, I don't know. I, I don't even know. What to... For what it's worth, I was very entertained throughout all of it. It was entertaining. There was no doubt. <laughs> uh, Sometimes all you can do is just have fun. Yeah, we try. So thanks, <laughs> Vipak. I'm going to try to get Thank the you. final two here. Uh, JD, thanks for waiting. And also, again, apologies for cutting you off last time, uh, just in an instance of time. Thanks, Steve. Uh, I'm calling in from Pittsburgh. First time, first time caller, but listen a lot to what what you've had to say, man. Great stuff. But um, I, I just want to echo what everybody else has said tonight. I'm an actually independent person here, um, you know. And just watching that, the first ten twenty seconds, I even tweeted. I said, "This is just." You almost totally felt bad for the guy, and, and you know, I don't know about much about his character. I haven't really looked into you know, him and his Braddock stuff, even though, you know, I'm local to Pittsburgh. And, you know, I, I also, it, it's just unconscionable that you could put a man up there in that position who's just incoherent. And, you know, you just, you totally felt bad for the guy is, is really kind of the, the main thing that I when, took away. I didn't when you say, when you say that. you feel bad for the guy, is that in a, I feel bad for him and want to vote for him or you feel bad for the fact that he's up there? Well, I even tweeted, you know, I, I feel bad for the fact that he's up there. I would never vote for him. Um, it would be an abuse to put him in the Senate just like that. But I think one of the things that, that I wonder about is whether or not people's empathy would play in his favor almost. And I even tweeted that. I was like seeing how, you know, he's trying, he's obviously trying to, to debate and he's trying to marshal his thoughts. And so are people going to say, well, you know, he's, how's that going to, how's that going to play in this race? You know, Oz wasn't all. That's what, that's right now what New York times writers are attempting to do in, in real time, uh, on social media, Kara Swisher is uh, kind of going on a blocking spree right now for people bringing up her tweet. And she's now standing by the fact that he has auditory processing issues. My God. So she, that's what it, that's what they're going to an attempt, which is we have to, we have to elect someone to the United States Senate because we feel sorry for them. This is kind of the natural culmination of this inclusivity bullshit. 
you know, where it's like, we, we must let someone compete in the Summer Olympics in the swimming competition who doesn't have legs. We have to, you know. Uh, we must allow people in wheelchairs to become firefighters. We have to. It's inclusive. And that's the culmination of all of this is they're literally telling us we have to empathize and show sympathy for a man and elect him to the United States Senate because we because we have to feel sorry for him. And that, to me, sums up, Jesus, almost the entire attitude of the political left over there. That, yeah, it's, if it's on our side, we have to do it, and it's fine. And that's exactly what this feels like. And it's like, you, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sitting up here shitposting about the guy, but yeah, he, he doesn't belong up there. That's the whole thing. He shouldn't even be on the state. He should not be in a position to where you could argue the country, not just Pennsylvania, because this is a closely watched race, and it's true. This could be a 51-49 Senate or whatever. So you can argue that they put this guy up in front of the country, and now they're literally sitting there grinning through their teeth going, this is fine. This is really fine. He's fine. Just, he's fine. Ableist, he's fine. Yeah, I was just going to echo all that, and I even tweeted. Zay Jelani had a post about the ableisms that I retweeted and quote tweeted, and I said the same things that, that you just basically said. It's you know, and if you you can see that they're 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 consciously trying to weaponize empathy in this sense, I think to 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 get him in. And you know, if you're not careful, I mean, I I was tempted to shit post as well. You know, and it's like I was looking at your your tweets and a few others, just like you know, I was soft peddling some of my critique. You know, from the start, and I was like, damn, he's taking some hits. But you can see where they try to weaponize that empathy. And you know, for me being in academia. I see this every day, this victim identity postmodern culture we live in. And like you said, this is this is the end state of that where it seeps into politics. And if you let that happen, you end up with Biden and you end up with just sheer chaos. Uh, we're going to end up with worse than Fetterman or Biden. <laughs> it goes nowhere good. So, uh, J.D., thanks. I'm going to wrap it up here with Vanessa and we can all uh, get about our lives and alcohol if that's what you're doing tonight. Uh, Vanessa, bring us home. Don't make us regret wasting our time here. Um, what did you think about? Um, I'm still kind of reeling from it. It was insane. That was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Um, I thought that the debate questions were good. I was actually kind of surprised by that. The one thing I didn't like is I think that they did not give either of them a, enough time, like 15 seconds for a rebuttal doesn't seem like a lot. Um, and on that note, I feel like the same people in media that are crying ableism are going to use that tomorrow. They're going to say this was done on purpose. The 15 seconds, that's not enough time for Fetterman to read the caption and reply. And I think that's something they're going to try and use. Um, I, I think that he did fine in the amount of time reading the caption and answering, uh, or at least he tried. I'll give him that, that it, it, there wasn't like a huge long gaps between the, that's what I thought was going to happen. I sincerely thought he was going to have such a hard time doing this with this technology and the format and everything like that, that it was, they were only going to get three questions in. Like he was going to read, you know, read, 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 and then give a slow, long drawn out answer. And it turns out that was kind of the opposite of what happened. He went quick and he couldn't process. And that's how you got whatever the hell he said about his taxes. And that's why he, <laughs> he said that was the first one where I was like, he's in oh, trouble. Yeah. Like, 
when he, 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 when Oz correctly stated that he hadn't paid his taxes something like 67 times and Oz just went into, or uh, Fetterman went into a story about students that couldn't not do things well. <laughs> and that's the first, that was, I mean, the good night, the good night, everybody. <laughs> that was, that was, I mean, that, put that one aside, put that one aside. Uh, it was his answer on taxes where I was like, oh, this is, this is not going to go well. That was not coherent. Like, you couldn't even figure out what he was saying within the context of working around his impairment. Like, right. oh, that's what he's talking about. He's talking right. about Roe v. Wade. Um, and that's, to me, how it also be written off. They'll say, well, everyone clearly knew what he meant. And that's going to be interesting in the age of take him literally not seriously with Trump. And... uh Man, yeah. No, I was just going to say um, that. And, of course, it was awkward to watch. And, and for a little bit, I did feel bad for him. But at after 10 minutes, I was just like, you know what? Fuck these people. These people have no scruples whatsoever with putting this man out there. He knew about his condition. His wife knew about his condition. She's an absolute carpetbagger, by the way. His doctor slash campaign donor knew about his condition. The Pennsylvania Democrat Party knew about his condition, and they chose to do this anyway. They knew about it, even though early voting was going on, and they chose to do it anyway. So fuck these people. I think Oz and his campaign should take the gloves off and smoke this asshole. I'm I'm tired of it. Just put an end to it. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think that they... The, the problem is, is because Oz is a doctor. Okay. They were able to use that against him and say, you know, like when his campaign said, maybe if you'd eat a fucking vegetable, you wouldn't be in this situation. And I laughed at that. I'm like, you know, there are things I think are off the limits. I was not obviously the biggest fan of Trump's style of campaigning either. Um, but given Fetterman's Twitter account, and this is important. Fetterman's like Twitter account just did like shit post after shit post after shit post after shit post yep. on on Oz like it, it was a take no and it got praise for it like BuzzFeed's writing about it and Vanity Fair's writing about it everyone's writing about John Fetterman's viral Twitter campaign and the second that Oz goes hey giant fat ass you big <laughs> lumbering retard why don't you eat a fucking crudite once in a while he suddenly goes into I had a stroke. How dare you, sir? And that's where I would have just been, oh, fuck this guy. Like, yep. at least his campaign. Like, not this, maybe him. And then he gives out the, I see people hurting. I see, how dare you? I have a stroke. And right there, I was like, yeah, this is not a, this is not a good campaign. And I'm kind of with you. If Fetterman's Twitter, which is now it's going to be interesting to see the tone of that fucking thing. If Fetterman's Twitter continues up with some of this shit, yeah, I think you do. I th- I'm kind of with you. But the thing you have to remember, Oz is a doctor. He kind of has that Hippocratic oath, which is, you know, I can't really go after him. But other people can. Pax can. That's kind of that's how Obama fucking operated for eight years. Like, he just let everyone else call every one of his critics racist. And not once did, like, um, not once did, like, any anyone, did Obama step in and say, no, 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 leave the rodeo clown alone, okay? He's just a dude with a job. Leave him alone. Give him his job back. He's just wearing a stupid mask. Who cares? Obama never did that once, okay? Yeah. He always, like, sat there and just let everybody do it. And that's my thing with Oz is I, I think you have PACs out there, you have his campaign, and you can just go out there. And I'm kind of with you in the sense of 
he cl- just run an ad and say, you know, put some sad Hulk music behind it or something <laughs> and just say, this guy cannot do the job. You should be able to say that. You, you should be able to say flat out, you all saw what we saw. He cannot do the job. He can't even read off of a monitor, which is what we were told all he needed to do to be fine. And that was after we were told, oh, he's fine anyway. He just he has a hearing problem. Um, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. I understand why Oz isn't going to do it and he might not have to. But, uh, yeah, if this if this campaign isn't just like, you know, dropped into the Atlantic Ocean and kind of what, you know, J.D. said, um, we're, we're going down a road that it's going to be, it's going to be, have long-term repercussions and either, either in the terms of he serves or he dies or he serves and his wife steps in, which is what everybody and their mom now thinks. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I would just say is I think Oz can do that. Just use his words. I mean, he said plenty of things in that debate that are questionable. Do I, I don't support the Supreme Court. Yeah, just Court. do the fracking. Just say, John Fetterman flip-flops on fracking and then just play the, I don't, uh, me, uh, frack me and just do yeah. that. And they're paid for it by the hospital, you know, and just do that and just go, Oh man. And even if people didn't watch the debate, they'll go, wait, is that what he really said? And then they'll go to yeah. YouTube. Right. Or I don't support the Supreme court or I'm not Bernie Sanders. I think healthcare is a human right. Like these are all things that he actually said whether he meant to say them or it was just some word jumble in his head. But those are his words. Those are his quotes. Quote him. Ask him about it. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the closed caption thing obviously is a lie. It's not about him needing a closed captioning device for a debate. He can't comprehend the words that are on the screen. He just can't do it. And I think if there's any chance that he's going to win this election, I think you're right. It is probably going to be something that was won in early voting and if there's any chance that his wife can take over uh, after he wins i think that's definitely going to happen and i don't have a football team to root for so go blues <laughs> uh thanks vanessa yeah. um i'm looking at real fast uh wpix pittsburgh news uh they played the debate this i mean this looks like abc or cbs or something who won the senate debate tonight Oz 83%, Fetterman 17. I know that doesn't, that's not a poll. That doesn't mean much, you know, but holy shit. Like, like just for once, I wish some of these fucking people, I give, I'll give Charlotte Alter some credit, but just once I want some of these fucking people to go, yeah, that was bad. Even Joe Scarborough is doing it. Like just once in a while, like Kara Swisher to just go, okay. Here's what happened, and, and I and he clearly was with me, and he was, and he had a transcription machine that he was reading up close, and he was sitting down, and just once, and they're not going to do it, and that's again maddening, and the whole reason assholes like me have a career. So, Vanessa, yep. thank you. Thanks, buddy. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I feel, I feel like I've gone through two of these things. Uh, we hit, we hit a ton of numbers. Uh, I know I dropped a few of you. Um, I'm probably going to be back here Wednesday or what is this Tuesday? Uh, probably Thursday. I'll be back here. Uh, so feel free to bring any other reactions to this debate. I'm sure we're all going to still be talking about this tomorrow. And of course we have probably another round or two of polling to come out, which was the whole plan. Um, but yeah, what, what, an what just an absolute trash fire of a campaign. 
And uh, again, shameful. He sh- he, but he belongs nowhere near up there. And, uh, and to put the cherry on top, he still might win. This has been episode 53 versus Media Live. Rapid reaction to the Transylvania Senate debate. Thanks again to my callers. I knew I was going to have a lot of you, so I'm glad we were able to kind of get through a ton of you. And then once again, apologies to those that I had to cut off. Uh, I'll be back on Patreon tomorrow. I'm going to pull some clips, and we're, of course, going to go into this, and I'll go into, obviously, the uh, media reaction, uh, which we're already seeing is in you know full defense mode. Uh, so once again, thanks again for joining. Thanks again to my callers. Thanks again, especially to my listeners. Um, you guys keep this up, you know, show up t- n- towards the top of Colin, uh, which is always humbling to see because there are bigger people with bigger platforms up there. So once again, thank you. Uh, I'm Stephen O'Miller. And uh, again, I'll see you guys on Patreon tomorrow.